greater of the two. God was the greater. And notice what it says. Abraham believed the greater. And to him, it was an end to the question. Because the greater has sworn. Right? If, you, if someone makes you a promise and brings you when, you, when you get a job and they have you sign a contract, an employment contract, they are bringing you into that company, into that firm, and they're saying, we'll pay you this amount of money. These are your benefits. And someone says, are you sure? You just pull out the contract and say, here it is. I signed it. They signed it. And, and look, the CEO signed it. The COO signed it. In the context, they are the greater, and I'm the one being brought in. Everything that I get is based on what they promised. I've got to believe what they said, and everything that I get is based on what they promised. Everything that we get is based on the sworn oath of the greater one, God. Everything. Amen. Oh, glory. Our part's faith and obedience. Because that settles the issues. That, that's the covenant mindset that's a requirement for strong faith. The enemy wants to make you question to get you away from the promise. Right? Abraham wouldn't question because the greater had sworn. Hallelujah. Notice back here in Genesis 17. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. When Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared and said unto him, I'm the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. And I'll make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, my covenant is with you. And you will be the father of many nations. Neither shall your name anymore be called Abram. But you shall, your name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations I have made you. Is that what it says? Now, we're not going to go through all of them, but nine times in this one chapter, God says, this is my covenant. This is my covenant. And notice what he said. He said, my covenant is with you. Now watch, here's the greater. There are things that only the greater can say. Because only the greater can make a promise to do it. And he said, your name will no longer be Abram, but it will be Abraham. Right? And you'll be a father of many nations. Well, that's good. That's a promise. That's something in the future. That's something to look forward to. But he said, neither will your name anymore be Abram, but you shall be Abraham for a father of many nations. I have made you. Notice the, the verse 4, you'll be a father of many nations. Verse 5, a father of many nations, I have made you. Because Abraham is in covenant with God, there are things that God can start to promise him. Because he's in covenant with God. Hallelujah. God can begin to call things that are not as though they are. Because there's a covenant. Because he found someone that would believe him because of who he is and believe him to be the greater and understand that the greater can do what the lesser cannot. 
Oh, hallelujah. Abraham's part was just to believe the greater. Our part is faith and obedience. My part is just to believe the greater. Hallelujah. Romans 4. Romans chapter 4. And uh, verse 17, a familiar verse, but notice what it says, as it is written. We just read where it was written. I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. This does not say God called things that be not as though they were. It says God calls things that be not as though they were. Present tense. God right now presently calls things that be not as though they were. But He cannot call things that be not as though they were to everybody. He can only do it for those that will believe He's the greater. Amen. Do you see this? God had the freedom to do this because Abraham was willing to believe the greater. There are things God has the freedom to do in a person that believes Him that He can't do in someone that won't. Hallelujah. If God says or promises something, if the greater said it, that's how it is. Our job's to believe. If God says or promises something, it's sure. It's true. When? When He said it. It's true when God said it. See, the key is you take as truth what God says when it's said. Amen. Something doesn't come to pass. Something is not truth when it comes to pass. It came to pass because it was truth. Hallelujah. If God says or God promises something, it's true then. I may not see it, but it's true then. Remember what, what we read in the book of Genesis? Abraham said, Abraham said, I don't have any seed, and, and this Eliezer is my uh, heir. And God said, that's not going to be your heir. One that comes out of your own body will be your heir. And Abraham believed God. And, and once he believed God, nothing happened. Now understand what I mean. A son didn't show up. Nine months later, he didn't have a son. But he believed God. Because he believed God, God could be working. God could start calling those things that be not as though they were. God is a covenant-making God and a covenant-keeping God. But he needs, our, uh, he needs our agreement for him to call those things that be not in our lives. Amen. In Isaiah 46. Woo, glory. Isaiah 46. Notice something here. This is so wonderful. Verse 9. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there's none else. I am God, and there is none like me. 
Now, he's about to tell us where there is none like him. Here's where it is. Declaring the end from the beginning. I'm God, and there's none like me that can declare the end from the beginning. The Amplified Bible says, declaring the end and the result from the beginning. Is that right? The end and the result. A father of many nations, I have made you. Now notice, this is how God speaks to those he's in covenant with. He speaks this way because it's his covenant. It's his covenant. Our job is to believe the greater. Because God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And made promises to Abraham. Our part's faith and obedience. Our part's faith and obedience. We say this, but to get the full import of it, God cannot lie. Now, there are many believers that you know, they, they, they say that, they would amen that. But then right on the other hand, they'll make statements like, well, I don't know why God hadn't. And I don't know why God didn't. Well, let's look at this real Plainly, the greater cannot lie. And he makes promises to the lesser. Not lesser in terms of how you should look at yourself, but we're all less than God. Right? So he makes promise and he can't lie. So, what's the answer to that question, why didn't God, if God can't lie? Somewhere, I need to work on something. Is that right? I've had people say, that tithing thing isn't working. Wait a minute. The God who cannot lie said, when you bring the tithe into the storehouse, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing upon you that there's not room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You will be set on high above all nations of the earth. Is that right? That's what, that's what the greater said. Amen. So, so I, ha- I have to get involved, in, number one, in my faith, Number two, in my obedience. Oh, hallelujah. So God cannot lie. Say that out loud. God cannot lie. See, when he says something, it's truth because he cannot lie. Abraham, we don't know what interaction he had with God before Genesis chapter 13, Genesis chapter 12. But Abraham came to that understanding early. God can't lie. And if God says, I'm the father of many nations, then I'm the father of many nations. Because God can't lie. Amen. 
We've been, we've been talking on Sunday mornings about not believing the lie. If God said it about you, it makes little or no difference what you think or what you see. God said it. God can't lie. My new creaturehood, my righteousness, which is by faith in Christ, is a result of the covenant that God made with Abraham, and God can't lie. I'm righteous because God can't lie. I'm not righteous because I feel righteous, or look righteous, or even acted righteous. I'm righteous because the greater said I'm righteous. That's an end to the conversation. Do you see that? Oh, hallelujah. Because of his covenant nature, God has eternally bound himself to his word. Eternally. And I can depend on the word because God said it. Need no other reason to believe it than God said it. I need no further proof. I need no other proof. Well, how do you know God's working? He said it. How do you know it's going to come to pass? He said it. See, those are the, that's the kind of covenant language that you need to be using. When the enemy fights your mind about what God said, you need to just answer and say, it'll all come to pass. It will all come to pass. It will all come to pass. Amen. Why? Because God who cannot lie promised. God stood in covenant blood and swore an oath and said, I will do this for you, and I will do this for your descendants. We are Abraham's descendants. We are his people by faith. Amen. Amen. And what he promised him, he promised me. It will all come to pass. Every bit of it. Amen. Amen. God can't lie. Think, think about that. The enemy's talking, and Jesus said, all he is is a liar. And God's talking and said, the Bible said, God cannot lie. Isn't it funny how so many believers will believe the one who's nothing but a liar and have a hard time believing the one that can't lie? If you know it's the devil, what's he doing? He's what? He, if you read it in this book, you know it's what? Absolute truth, because God can't lie. See, that's the essence of covenant. It's impossible. For God to lie. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And it's, imp <laughs> it's impossible for God to lie. Because God is truth. The Bible tells you and I that we are of the truth. We are of the truth. We are of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of God are you in Christ. The Bible says in the book of Peter that we were begotten by the seed of the Word of God. The seed of the Word of God. Well, the seed of the Word of God. Jesus said the Word, John 17, 17. He said the Word was truth. Well, what is the Word? The seed of God. What is God? Truth. Amen. That's why it requires truth for faith to work. Because it's God's faith. Hallelujah. And Abraham had to believe that what God said was true. 
had to believe God was the greater. Is that right? Oh, glory. Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, I got time. I'm ahead of myself, actually. One man said, I'm ahead of myself getting there fast. Another one said, you on like a pot of neck bones. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> That's somewhere, Brother David. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews 11. Did, did, have you ever stopped, to, and, and I know you probably have, to think about when, when for instance, when you talk about politicians, just think about this. What, what do you think? All politicians, thank you. I mean, they're all phony, right? And somebody can tell you, well, not this guy. Well, I'll bet. Yeah. Right? So somehow we get this idea Pastor Michelle was in a meeting one time in a, in a large church. She was there for, for one of the women's meetings. And the pastor, who, who at one point was a friend of ours, uh, was up ministering. And he, he was talking about lying. And he said, we all lie. He said, I lie. And then he looked at Pastor Michelle and said, Michelle, you lie, don't you? And she went, You know, not intentionally. Well, now think about this. He says, everybody lies. Everybody doesn't lie. I don't lie. I wouldn't tell you a lie. And if I, if I make a, a, a mistake and misspeak to you, I'll tell you. I'll repent. Anybody that's been with me a long time knows I've done it from the pulpit in front of everybody. I misspoke. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. Forgive me. Right? Because if I'm of God, lying is the furthest thing from my mind. God cannot lie. When God says something, He ties His integrity to it. Do you remember what Moses said? You may not have thought of it this way. When... when when Moses was in the wilderness and the children of Israel had rebelled, I don't know, you know how many times they rebelled. It was one of them times. There were so many of them. And, uh, and finally God said, uh, get out of the way. I'm going to destroy all of them and start over with you. Now God would have been just in doing that. Because they broke his covenant time and time and time and time and time and time again. Remember what Moses said? You can't do that. Because they'll hear that in Egypt, and they'll say, yep, their God could deliver them, but he couldn't finish the job. That's the Prince Philip version. Right? Amen. Because God's integrity is tied to what he says. Amen. Amen. God's integrity is tied to what he says. And when he says something to you, you realize that God has willfully, of his own volition, 
tied his reputation to what he promised you. And that's why you know no one that God has failed. You know nobody. You do not know the man or the woman that God has failed. They don't exist. Why? God cannot lie. Amen. You know, there are things that are just supposed to work. And if they don't work, something's wrong on the using end. Is that right? I learned a long time ago, if God said it, God can't lie. God doesn't fail. God can't be wrong. Cannot be wrong. Is never wrong. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. God will never have to come to you and go, hey, dude, missed it. Sorry, I misspoke. I meant to say this. Nope. Nope. Never. That's why you got to watch people that talk about things that are passed away. Well, that's all passed away. That's not for us today. You better watch that. You better mark that and watch it. Because they're saying something God said, God doesn't mean anymore. Well, how, how much that God said are you willing to say he doesn't mean anymore? I heard a minister say one time in a conference, he said, you got to watch the red words that you read and the red words that you use because all the red words aren't for us today. That's Jesus' words. The words of Jesus are God's will for us, for all people, for all time. Right? This is important. Because, because when you start interpreting this book in terms of your experience or in terms of, of, of what you think, you're going to miss out on it. Because ever what my experience was, God can't lie. Oh, hallelujah. Look at, look at Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. Notice, now put verse 17 and, and 19 together. By faith he offered up Isaac, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Is that right? Abraham did not look at this as God taking away what he had promised. Now, now, now why? God can't lie. God, the greater, had sworn. You see how the Abraham considered him the greater? The greater has spoken. And he said, in this boy, my seed would be called. Now, here's the thing. Here's Abraham's thinking. Here's Abraham's thinking. I'm going to take him and I'm going to do what the initiating greater partner in this covenant has told me to do. Up to and including. I will hear people try to soften this. Well, you know, you know, I mean, uh, God wasn't really going to make him go through with it. And Abraham, you know, Abraham knew God wasn't going to make him go through with it. No, he didn't. You're reading a lot into the scripture when you say that. 
Here was his mindset. I'm going to take him. I'm going to go to the mountain. I'm going to put him on the altar. I'm going to tie him up. I'm going to pick up the knife. And I'm going to do what the initiating greater partner in this covenant asked me to do. Because he can't lie. And because he can't lie, if he's got to raise him from the dead, that's what he'll do. Do, do you understand this? It's what are you willing to do based on what he said. He said, in Isaac, my seed would be called. Now you're asking for Isaac. Now, I know you can't be taking him away from me, because if you're taking him away from me, you lied. And if you lied, you're no better than any other God. If you lied, you're no more powerful than I am, because I lie. I can lie. And if you can lie, then you're no better than me. That never entered Abraham's mind. The greater has made a promise. And if the greater promises, it shall all come to pass. Is that right? The, the Amplified Bible says, He reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Even from the dead. Now, if he reasoned that, he meant to go through with it. Is that right? He took the knife. He raised the knife. He's going to do it. And the angel of the Lord, I love this so much. You can study that on your own time. But, 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 but most theologians agree with this statement. And it's this. When it says the angel of the Lord, the angel of the covenant. The angel of the covenant. Now, people can say that was Jesus Christ. I don't doubt it, but here's the thing. The Bible says in Jeremiah, God is watching over his word to perform it. There was an angel there at that ceremony at that time, and he was watching over the covenant. He was watching it every second. He was watching it every moment, and he watched Abraham show up on that mountaintop, build an altar, put the wood on the altar, lay his son on the altar, bind his son, he watched Abraham reach and take that knife and raise it up and get ready to go through with what the greater had asked him to do. And just before he did it, he said, well, don't touch him. Now I know that you believe me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go over here and look at that for a moment, shall we? Abraham thought about what God had said and what God had done and concluded that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. Genesis 22. I got about 10 minutes and verse 5. My Lord. Nothing, nothing can annul the promise of a person who cannot lie. It's impossible. 
Nothing can annul the promise of a person that cannot lie. If I would just believe it. Think about that. How much confidence would you put in a person that you knew cannot lie? Not won't. Not doesn't. Can't. Cannot. When they speak, it's truth. The utmost confidence. Genesis 22, verse 5. Notice this. I I want to show you this. Oh, hallelujah. Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, I know that's elementary, but notice what he said. Me and him, we're going, and me and him, we're coming. Now, now, now why? He had already settled it. I'm going to do this, but God's going to raise him from the dead. The greater had promised. What has the greater promised you? He can't lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So whatever it is, you and it are going to go, and you and it are coming. Amen. Yeah, but Pastor, my children are acting like fools. I understand. But your children will sit in church with you one day and worship God and praise God and glorify God. Why? Because He promised you that you and your children would be saved. He didn't promise you that when you were saved, your children were saved. He said by virtue of you giving your life to Christ and letting salvation in your house, the promise is your children will be saved. He can't lie. He can't lie. He can't lie. So notice he said, we're going to go and we're going to come. And then notice this, verse 7. Isaac spake unto Abram his father, Abraham his father, and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. He said, I see the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God, the greater, the God that cannot lie, will provide. Himself a sacrifice. Is that what he said? When What Abraham said was in line with what the greater had promised. God had promised that the promised seed would come through Isaac. To Abraham, what the greater had promised was stronger than death. What he said will raise him from the dead. I mean, can you imagine? Do you ever sit and imagine that? If Abraham would have went through that? with that, and would have had to went through with that, and then he just backed up and said, now raise him from the dead. Hallelujah. See, even faith people get to where it looks like it's over, and instead of putting pressure on what the greater said and the covenant that they have, they back up and say, well, there must have been a reason. 
Hallelujah. Something that looks like it's over is not necessarily over. It's because Romans 4 tells us something. Right before it says God calls those things that be not as though they were. What's it say? He quickens the dead. He brings to life the dead. And calls those things that be not as though they were. Oh, hallelujah. To Abraham, death could not annul the promise made by his covenant partner. They can't stop the promise. Notice this now. This, I, I, I went all this way to get you here. Verse 12. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord or the angel of the covenant called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything to, to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. And behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah, the self-existent one, the God, the name, the one, Jehovah Yireh, Jehovah Jireh. God will see and God will provide. That doesn't mean just God will see the need and provide the need. God will see your commitment to the covenant and God will provide because of your commitment to the covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, God sees these things. God, God sees quitters and God sees stickers. God sees the ones that's going to stay with the covenant and God sees the ones that give up. And I want, I want you to notice something. That ram was caught in the thicket. Now, I've heard people wax eloquent. Ah, as Abraham was going up one side of the mountain. I want you to know that the ram was coming up on the other side of the mountain. And it caught. I don't know if the ram was coming up the other side. And while Abraham was going up this side, I don't know if God dropped him there. I don't know how he got there. Here's what I know. Is that because Abraham, notice, the provision was already there because of the promise the greater had made. What God has promised you and said to you, the provision is already there because of the promise he has made. The provisions in the promise. If, if God wanted a sacrifice. But he stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac. There had to already be provision. Hmm. Hallelujah. And he saw that. And provided. Hmm. Your provision is already in the bush. Just stick with the covenant. It's already there. God cannot lie. 
God cannot lie. What, right? Notice, notice something. He said, how, how will I know? How will I know? And God made a promise. He didn't cause fire to come down to heaven. Look what I can do. And then, you'll, then you won't wonder. Oof. He made a promise. God promised you. God promised you. God promised you great would be the peace of your children. Amen. God promised you that your days would be long on the earth. Is that right? God promised us. Then the provision is there. It will all come to pass. It will all come to pass. It will all come to pass. Because, hallelujah, ever how the ram got there, the greater initiated it. Because of the willingness of the one brought into the covenant. See, Jesus exemplified this. When he made statements over and over again, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of the one that sent me. What was he always signifying? The Father is greater than me. The Father in me does the works. I only say those things my Father says. I only do those things my Father does. I work the works of my Father. The Father's the greater one. Hallelujah. Because Jesus was the answer to this covenant. And Jesus was willing to go to the cross and die on the cross. Even more than that, Jesus was willing to go to hell because he knew God couldn't lie. Because the Father had told him in eternity's past, you're going to go and you're going to sacrifice your life. And you're going to die a physical death. And you're going to go to hell. And you're going to... Have you ever thought about this? That the punishment for sin, if a person dies in their sin, the punishment is eternal. And Jesus suffered the punishment necessary for every person to be free from that. Have you ever thought about the gravity of the punishment? Because the Bible says he was three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. But it was punishment that equaled eternal punishment. But the father said, in three days, you'll, I'll raise you from the dead. Is that what he said? Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to hell and suffered for our sin and in our place because he knew God couldn't lie. Look, look, look at this real quick. I'm, I'm going to hurry. I'm not going to take uh, uh, away from the hour of power. But... As old folks used to say, a alva, a pava. Psalm 23, or, or excuse me, Psalm 22. 
And this is a messianic psalm. And it starts out with the very words that Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mark chapter 15, verse 34. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? And it goes through here and talks about all that the, the, the people said about him. All right? And, and, and he goes over here uh, in verse 12. Many bulls have passed me about. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round about. Verse 14, I'm poured out like water. My bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up. My tongue cleaves to my jaw. You've brought me into the dust of death. Now this is important. God brought him there. The greater brought him there. The greater's with him. You understand? Dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Oh, but then he starts. He changes. But be not far from me, O Lord. This is Jesus in hell. Be not far from me, O Lord, my strength. Haste to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for you have heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare your name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You that fear the Lord, praise him, all the seed of Jacob. Glorify him. Fear him, all you, the seed of Israel. And he says, verse 25, my praise shall be of you in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. And in the midst of hell, Jesus began to praise and worship and glorify God. And God delivered him. Because God cannot lie. Nobody. I'll end with this. Nobody has ever found themselves in that position. This is hopeless. But God said, I'll raise you up. And why why did he raise him up? Based on the covenant he made with Abraham. If Jesus don't raise from the dead, the covenant's broken. Because he was the seed. He was the promised seed that all nations of the earth would be blessed through. See, do you understand that? God's going to keep his word because he's promised in a covenant of blood. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, I believe that all God has said will all come to pass. It will all come to pass. I will see it. I will walk in it. I will live it. It's mine. I have it. It belongs to me now. Because God said it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand up tonight, shall we?